Oh, hi, Melissa. Hi, Kyle. Happy July. I, you know, we say that and July is almost over. We had this conversation on our meetings yesterday, <laughs> wondering where this month went and we're all not sure. So hopefully everyone else is experiencing this weird slippage in the time vortex. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> time just keeps moving forward. It does. It does. And summer is is just passing us by every day. But that doesn't mean that we don't have things to talk about. And we have things to talk about on this episode of the podcast, don't we? Absolutely. We are thrilled to welcome back to our podcast our favorite cybersecurity experts from Pulsar Security. Uh, If you're not familiar with them, they are one of our CMA education partners, and they are going to answer our questions about supply chain attacks. And it's a much bigger concept that I think I thought kind of going into this interview. So, uh, you know, and Pulsar Security, you know, they are a cybersecurity company whose mission extends to protect clubs and their members against malicious attacks. The company is a veteran, privately owned business built on vision and trust, and their leadership is extensive military experience, enabling it to think strategically and plan beyond the problems at hand. Yeah, and that becomes very clear in our conversation about supply chain attacks, because similarly, I didn't really think about supply chain attacks in any sort of emergent way (laughs) before we had this conversation, and it really put a lot of things in perspective. So. you know, our friends from Pulsar, um, you know, we're excited to welcome them back, as Melissa said, but we're joined in this episode by the CEO and founder of Pulsar Security, Patrick Hines, and the Chief Technology Officer, Dwayne LaFlotte. And they've been on our podcast before. You've hopefully listened to them. And if you haven't, I highly recommend you go back and listen to them again. Um, they have a lot of ton of great information. But they have their own podcast, which is always why we have so much fun with them on ours, because they're so comfortable and <laughs> like super conversational and, and quippy and funny. Um, but their podcast is called Security This Week. And as you could guess, that covers everything in the realm of cybersecurity. So please help us welcome back Patrick and Dwayne. Fabulous. Well, we are excited to welcome back the CEO and founder of Pulsar Security, Patrick Hines, and Chief Technology Officer, Dwayne. And I'm going to butcher, butcher your last name, Dwayne, because I just it's always okay. think of your face name. Right. Dwayne LaFlotte. LaFlotte. Just like it it's, sounds. Nice and easy. Right. It's, yeah, without the E on the end. If you were to take the E off, then it's almost it's almost right. It's very I French. I remember that. <laughs> I like right? that. Yeah. Well, we know that you are not strangers to podcasts and you host your own um, regular series on security this week um, on the topic of cybersecurity. So we're so excited to have you back to talk about a different angle of security um, from the from our past interview. So first, a really softball question here. How are you both doing? How's your summer going? Great, great. I'm uh, happy and seeing family and, and it hasn't been uh, most of the projects were behind and my lawn actually came in this year so i'm all happy (laughs) there you go see and for me i get more of a suntan in front of these big monitors than i do outside um so yeah no summer's good so Dwayne might be the pod people actually i I I gotta go wait a minute i gotta go yell at a kid to get off my lawn one second (laughs) get off my lawn (laughs) 
Well, that's uh, great. And, you know, we haven't seen you guys or really talked to you since probably World Conference. Um, yeah. You know, so it's it's great to be back together and catching up again. Um, glad that your summers are already going well. Um, but as Melissa mentioned, you know, we wanted to talk security. And last time we got together, we talked a lot about cybersecurity. And we probably could have had a whole hour just on password security alone, um, which was fascinating and thrilling conversation. But today we're bringing it back to talk about something that is a little bit bigger in school maybe not bigger in scope, but like more physical mm. in scope. And that dun, is, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that is supply chain security. And this is something that our members have actually brought up to us in the last couple of months. I think, Melissa, didn't we have, we were talking about it during our committee meetings a couple of weeks ago. Um, this is certainly something that's top of mind for our members who are thinking about, you know, all of the supply chain interruption that we've seen over the last three years and now seeing how those things are kind of coming together and really recognizing that mm, this isn't the most secure or safe situation to be in all the <laughs> right. time. So we wanted to talk to you guys about that. But first, let's define what a supply chain attack is and what it looks like. Okay, so so we these kind of first came to the consciousness years ago when we started seeing the U.S. military, U.S. government attacks that were enabled by a vendor. A defense contractor got the plans to a submarine stolen or, you know, where the government was losing their data, but it wasn't because their system was unsecure. It was because of a partner, a vendor, uh, a contractor was unsecure. So that's their supply chain. And so what happened was the, the military did a really good job of locking down their networks, disconnecting their networks. And so the hackers always go for the weakest links. It, it's, it's what we do. Um, and now that started to come into the consciousness of the of industry. We had the so, the Solar Winds was one of the big ones, mm -hmm. where a company that did um, a lot of different software products got hacked in a big way, and they managed to get the hackers managed to get their code into almost all the clients of that of that uh, supply chain vendor. And and oh. it, it ransomware things like that also extend into this. Go ahead, Dwayne. I think one of the hardest things we see when we're talking to customers about supply chain attacks and when they're really concerned about a supply chain attack um, is identifying what a supply chain is. Um, like, okay, do I have a supply chain here and is it getting attacked? I have no idea. Um, if you were, if you make hamburgers, it's really easy to go. My supply chain is the guy who gives me the cows. Like that's right. It's real easy. That's yeah. my supply chain. But is what it about your knives? Right. I know. <laughs> what about your mustard um, and your ketchup and your salt and your yeah, pepper? Important. No, we just need the patties. Just the yeah, that's it. That's the whole so, thing. <laughs> always one of those. It's hard. It's hard as a, right? Yeah. No substitution. I, I remember. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Where's the beef? So, oh, God. Um, uh, so as a club, it's tough, though, because, like, what's your supply chain? Like, what you're really doing is you're providing member services. Mm -hmm. um, and that could be anything from the dining room to the golf course to wherever. So you have a much more pervasive supply chain than say somebody just providing hamburgers, right? You have a supply chain of your IT staff. Um, so that might be your MSP that's, that's making sure that all of your systems are online and that, you know, you can, you know, take, uh, you know, run the pro shop and make sure that people can still, you know, register for uh, golf uh, times, tee times. Um, your software that's that's also managing either, you know, some of these clubs we're dealing with have 
um, you know, hotels almost attached to them. Um, there's a lot of software involved in that and a lot of software involved in running the kitchens. It's just, if, there's a lot of supply chain in every club, which and, is tough. And the lowest level is probably if you pay someone and you get mm. a message from them changing their bank information or their payment information and you pay the wrong person because that wasn't really them, <laughs> that's a supply chain attack because the, who, who, who's on the hook? Well, if their email was breached, then you could argue they're on the hook. But if it wasn't and you just fell for it, then you're on the hook. And yeah. so we've seen examples of people who've made six-figure payments for services rendered that didn't get to the right party. That's a supply chain attack as well. That makes me feel yicky <laughs> in my stomach. It should. <laughs> it should. <laughs> my, my anxiety was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. And no. Very common. Yes. Very common. Yes. And, and we, we had a customer, not not a club, a larger corporation that had a hundred, a six figure uh, piece of equipment that they were paying for. They got an email mm. that said, hey, we've changed our banking information. Please pay to this account instead. And they knew exactly what was bought, exactly when it was due, yep. exactly who the who they were talking. And the email came from the person who they'd been dealing with. So they made the payment and that person had been hacked. Yeah, and so. Not- and now it's like, well, neither company wants to take the hundred thousand plus loss. Mm-mm. So now insurance gets involved and law enforcement mm-hmm. gets involved and and it's an ugly situation. So it's really anything that deals with outside of your borders is supply chain. When you let someone on the grounds to do extermination, maybe you have um, uh, the people who come around and spray for fire ants down on the south or they're trying to set traps for mice inside the warehouses and things like that. They're a vendor they're on site and if they're bringing in a device whether they know it's infected or not that's that's you know sniffing your wireless there's there's so many different surface areas here your surface area is it's like the iceberg your <laughs> it is 10 percent of the it that that could potentially touch your systems and data so basically what i'm hearing from this is get rid of We're all doing. computers <laughs> yeah no <laughs> computers <laughs> Just I would say the same thing. It's yeah. not that bad. You can only be betrayed by those you trust. Oh shit! So, oh, see, for example, not to trust nobody. Shoot, trust no one. I was gonna say. <laughs> so, so here's here's a few tips right up off the bat. So this yeah. this like payment uh, payment fraud that we're talking about. If someone changes or tells you how to be paid, pick a different channel and verify it. Mm-hmm. Walk over to their office and say, hey. I got your message about you know paying through the Bank of Nigeria, and they'll say, "Say what? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, okay. They have great uh, rate here. Just switch my bank account over. Or call them up, or mm-hmm. you know, or do something so that you can get a validation that you've used two different channels, because mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be from a hacker. It could be a hacker took over their email and is sending you bogus information. That's actually the most common and most effective mechanism. And one but thing I would like to remind people yeah. is the same channel used twice is not two channels. No. Like we've had somebody go, no, I verified that the email was real. And we're like, how did you How'd do that? Oh, I re- like, emailed them back. They're like, yeah, I sent an email asking. I and said, I, like, oh, I said, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, yeah. They're like, yeah, please. Thanks. Well, that goes to, I mean, I don't mean to drag us into passwords again, but remember two factors. <gasps> yeah. So your, your password and your pin are both things you know. Those are not two factors. Those are two things you know. A factor has to be something from a different family of authentication. 
And this, the channel of communication is the same way. You don't email them at a different email address. You call them or you yeah. do it in yeah. person or you hit their pager if they're a drug dealer, that kind of thing. Pager? <laughs> wow. How old are you, Pat? I was going to say, who still has a pager? Bro, I've been, yeah, been watching a lot of Narcos you know. lately, so that hits really, like, that's... That hits all right. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a flashback? Give me, you know. Yeah. Uh, flashback. yeah. <laughs> We're appealing to all swaths of generations on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. exclude no one. That's right. Clearly. Well, that was uh, a great and terrifying um, <laughs> explanation of what yeah, supply thanks. chain attack is. Because really what I'm getting from this, aside from get rid of all computers, is that at, at a club especially, um, you really have to kind of step back and look at your, quote, supply chain from mm -hmm. that kind of 10,000 foot view to really understand the fact that, uh, Patrick, I think you said it, it's like there's so much surface area. There are so many places where you can be interacting with those external, you know, clients or, you know, service people devices. that come into your club, devices, oh, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. just your food and beverage supply chain. It's not just your golf right. supply. Yeah. It's all of those things. Well, remember that right. convenience is the enemy of security. Right. So the more convenient something is, typically the more it's undermining your security. It doesn't, they don't have to be mutually exclusive, but something that's really simple isn't very secure. And that's, that's axiomatic. So when you get a vendor and they want to do certain principles, you want to analyze why are you doing this? Oh, we, we have a server that we're maintaining for you that does all the, the watering. How do you maintain that? How do you connect to that? What is that yeah. connected to? Do, are you using something really vulnerable like, like remote desktop from outside or are you using a VPN yep. to get in? And I'm getting technical now, but there's lots of ways to do this that maybe it involves three more clicks for the vendor. But it's an important three clicks because it important mm -hmm. it involves three more exploits for the hacker, mm -hmm. and so you want to rate you want to stack that. It's defense in depth. Do you need to protect against everything? You can't. You you've got to. That's where insurance and prayer comes in, at some point. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. but you can Farm protect cards. against the, the, the stupid things when somebody says, "Oh, you know what? We're going to have your clubhouse with a full system uh, for security. If anybody opens a door, except this door." We're not going to put anything in this door, and we're going to need you to leave it a little open every mm, night. Yeah, seems right. fine. Because our guard has to get in, and he likes to smoke. Oh, and so, yeah. Yeah. but that's an example. I mean, that's an, it's a ridiculous example, but that's what we're looking at. And so you have to question. And half of this, I know Dwayne's advice and my advice is the same. Most of the time, you just act like Columbo and you ask questions. Well, why do you need this port open on my firewall? <laughs> Columbo, there's another old reference. It's like you're from the 80s. It is like I'm from the 80s. I'm from the Cold War, man. Uh, excuse used me, man. To fight one the more Soviet, question. Not this, not this Russian stuff, the Soviet. Uh, <laughs> I wish that wasn't true, but it is very true. I know, right? right? It's a little too uh, true. It's that whole, like, you is. know, everything kind of comes back around, all the stuff that was fashion. cool. Yep. It's apparently now yeah. that's the Russian. It's always been the Russians. Right. It's fine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, it's coming back. Yeah. Coming back. So you edit you know, this out, right? <laughs> None of this is gonna be there. Yeah, totally. This is fine. Sure. I'm gonna leave all of this in actually because it's super entertaining. I figured you would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about what the potential like financial impact of something like this could be. Mm. Brought, you know, we touched on it, but like what what else about these supply chain attacks makes them so damaging to a business like a club, for example? 
Yeah, it's it. That's a great question because it really depends on the supply chain that's attacked. So, for example, um, we were just uh, talking to one of the GMs where the supply chain that was attacked was their MSP, their their managed service provider who manages their networks. So you're okay. Mm, what happens there? Well, the MSP got attacked, and then every single one of the customers of that MSP got shut down, including their club. So they had a period of 28 days with no computers. So imagine, if you will, trying to run your club. I know there's GMs listening to this podcast right now, like sweating, like, oh my God, please, dear God, hopefully this doesn't happen. But 28 days without computers, that means pen, pen and paper to take all orders. That means taking time to rebuild everything. It's it's a nightmare. And, and no matter how much... What's that? <laughs> Welcome to the 80s. <laughs> I know, right? You have those little scan card machines. I don't even think they make those anymore. The, do you remember those? Put your credit the, card down. Yeah, and you, yeah. to the imprint. Carbon yeah. paper. Oh, yeah. Your, yeah. Carbon yeah. paper. <clears throat> really scrape your knuckles up really good right? on those. There are, these, <laughs> there are these styluses that have lead in them. And then you, you when you press the paper, they transfer that lead. It's called a pen. <laughs> mm, uh, that seems fake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, okay. So, so Soviet joke, Soviet joke. Uh, <clears throat> so back in the day, in the 70s or 80s, somebody said, you know, NASA has spent a million dollars building a pen that works in zero G, works upside down, it works everywhere. The Soviets use pencils. Pencils. <laughs> 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 Think um, smarter, so not harder. Right. It's one of those things where like, even if you're, let's say you've taken all the precautions in your own organization, if you're not looking at the supply chain, um, think of each and every one of those as a backdoor in your organization, whether that's, you know, oh, I have these uh, drones that fly around the court, uh, you know, the, the course and look to see whether the grass is dry. Well, there's a server there running those and, and those that's another way to access the club, okay. whether it's irrigation, whether it's, you know, an update server for your easy go carts, whatever it may be. Um, each of these vendors has access, proprietary access to the club in a particular way. And if you're not questioning them. How often are you looking for security issues at your organization? Who has access to my data specifically? Um, do I get notified when those things, or when you guys access my environment? Like these are the things you should be asking. Yeah. So questions are your first line of defense, but think about every spy movie you've ever seen. What's the first thing the hackers take control of so they can see what's going on? The cameras. Your camera system. So you're cameras. I've watched a lot of James Well, that's that's it, true lies does it too um if that's the internet of things well those are part of your supply chain if you're using cameras from any vendor those cameras are probably connected somehow to a oh network wirelessly and if a bad guy or Dwayne, same thing we love cameras get, honestly we love cameras every time we do a pen test like this is the first thing we look for is because you want to have you want to have that authentic hacker experience where your screen's just littered with cameras and you're watching everything that's going on. Um, it's a little sidebar. Watch somebody we type actually... their password. <laughs> no, so it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that. We there was one company we broke into and we got access to the entire uh, the the entire camera system, which is really cool and fun to watch. And they were a um, a food processing plant, and um, one of them was right above the guard station. So the guy who lets the trucks in the door and we can see him at his computer and he's typing on his computer. We're like, yes, we're going to get passwords. Yeah, no, those cameras are not, no matter how much you yell at hand, enhance. it doesn't like, it doesn't get sharper to where his little sausage fingers that you can tell what he's doing. 
yet. So, but it's still fun to watch. <laughs> All right, good news, friends. You learned today that you, if you have sausage fingers, you do not need any additional <laughs> security. <laughs> security. But honestly, secure. they bought a new camera today and installed it there. It'd be 4K, and you'd be able to see everything. Yeah, gorgeous. probably. Yeah. Be gorgeous, right? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> could make a Disney film out of that. Oh, um, so, so it, this is. I mean, let's let's back this off to our lives. Mm-hmm. Our lives are exactly the same way. When your bank, when your credit card. So I, I had identity theft perpetrated against me. They didn't get away with anything, and I t- I pride myself greatly that they got nothing. Um, <laughs> but but they someone called up my bank and convinced them it was me. Got them to change my address and phone number and send a card to kansas the card was on its way when i saw they had a, a notice on my account that the new card was on the way I, I i jumped into action and i and i basically changed it so there's a password on my account now if i call them up they have to take the password or else they can't do anything um that's my supply chain that credit card if that credit card mm-hmm. had made it to the bad guy and they started charging things and i didn't get my statements anymore how long might it take the average person to figure that out and then see a $10,000 bill or a $50,000 bill mm-hmm. and be late paying it and have all these problems. So you have this in your personal life. We just don't think of it the same way. If your car gets a vulnerability so that, you know, somebody could start the car without your permission or your, your garage door opener, that's your personal supply chain. Well, the clubs have exactly the same. It's just that they have so much more at risk. Mm. Consumer protection services protect you from a lot of this stuff and you know what are they going to get they're going to steal the shovels you probably you might have dogs so if they come in if they come to my house the dogs are going to not have to be fed for a couple of days Um, (laughs) so it's it's similar we can almost always make an analogy towards our own personal life and our physical security and the way we live but if you've got cameras if you've got thermostats it's the same thing most people have wireless routers there's a button on the wireless router in the configuration page that says access it from the internet that should always be off. It, it, it should be turned off and burned out of the interface. Mm-hmm. Because there's no good reason to manage a wireless router from the internet. And, and the problem is it's part of your supply chain. And so that, that applies to clubs, applies yes. to people. Yes. Patrick, you sound like you're advocating to not hand children chainsaws. Like, here's a chainsaw. Don't Only use it. Only if they though. can juggle them. Only oh, if they can right. juggle them. Yeah. Pretty good bar. Our, our CIO can actually juggle chainsaws. He can, yeah. Yes. Kind of, yeah. We need to see now that. Now we got to see it at some point. That's, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a world conference show right there. There we go. Yeah, I don't, he hasn't gone to any of those. I wonder why. <laughs> at our booth at the next CMA. I'm just saying, <laughs> our, our uh, speaker proposals up. are due at the, end of the, <laughs> at the end of the month. So I'll just throw one in there. <laughs> Done. Exactly. Done. We're going to have that happen. <laughs> so, you know, we, we've talked to kind of about the questions that you should be asking, um, you know, your your third party partners um, on all of these products. Is there any other red flags that you should be looking for um, in those conversations that, you know, might help, you know, putting this early enough in the process with talking with folks that might, you know, push you in a different direction? If your vendor opens up their coat and says, want to buy a watch? That's a bad sign. (laughs) No, but seriously, I mean, it's a good point. But seriously, if you say things, if you're talking to a vendor and you're asking them questions like, well, who has access to my data? 
and they don't instantly say we have a procedure around who has access to your data and and who can get access to your club and yes we do have a procedure on who you get notified you need to let us know who's going to get notified blah, blah, blah. if they go oh i don't know i'll look into it that means it's never happened before right everybody has access to the data and it's probably right. littered everywhere in the organization yep. um if you ask them you know what exactly are you guys doing to make sure that your organization is secure and not a point that's going to breach my my club and they go, uh, I'm pretty sure we do stuff. We have really bright people. Oh. Or they just don't answer, right? These are types of things where if they don't have an off-the-cuff answer, it's probably a lie. Like my well, kids. Let's take our answer. So if somebody says, oh, well, you're going to be looking at some of our most secret data. How do mm -hmm. I know it's safe with you? Because we do yeah. a vulnerability assessment or something like that. Well, we, the first answer is that we will never email you a report or allow you to email us the data that usernames to get access to your system. We use yep. a secure multi-factor authentication system for that. So the fact that we that the information is handled in a secure way. Email is not secure. There is no, no. anybody who tells you email is secure is dreaming. Okay. Right. It does, doesn't doesn't work that way. Email is insecure. Text messages aren't not secure. No. <clears throat> so that's the one. The next is how's my data reside? And that's what Dwayne was getting at. What we do is we take a VM, a virtual machine, we use it to do the engagement, and then we destroy it. It gets deleted, gets wiped out, because we don't want your data. The, the, right. the right vendor attitude is, unless it's their job to have your data, unless it's part of the gig, they don't want your data, because they right. know it, they have fiduciary responsibility for that data. Yeah, absolutely. We, we would never want to be the reason some club or military organization or bank gets broken into because you know somebody breached our organization um so you know we could do song and verse with any club or, or customer about you know we delete the vms um in in case most cases we'll delete the report i'll be like listen once you yeah. verify you have the report from us we don't have it anymore so uh, don't lose it right <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so we're, we're definitely don't want to be a source of being breached into a club or or anywhere that's actually an interesting like thought about our just our general responsibility with other people's information. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about that from Melissa, our perspective as yeah. a membership association, mm -hmm. and it, the same could be applied at clubs, right? Because you know, we keep data on our members based on you know like their applications and the things that they purchase from us and the events that they attend and all of that. And of course, there's value in that data because it can help us understand trends. It can help us understand, you know, you know, demographics, all sorts of things. I mean, data is wonderful. Um, but on the flip side of that, we have to be good stewards of that information and be extraordinarily responsible. Yes, Patrick, you're raising your hand. What you said is very, very, very consequential because that's exactly the realization that a lot of our listeners who are who are running clubs need to think about mm -hmm. because they are in the supply chain for all their members. Correct. Mm -hmm. So they have data on the members and their children and their credit cards and all that stuff. And they should seek to keep as little as possible while still delivering an amazing experience. But they're the stewards of that. If that gets go goes missing, they're now part, they're the supply chain mm -hmm. in that person's personal world. They have to think about it that way. So this is 
you have to look at yourself in both ways. So that was an excellent uh, conclusion, epiphany. I know. It was almost like she was a plant in this podcast. Yeah, I wish. We're not that good. Uh, I'm just really smart. That's all. There you go. That's all right. I make good connections. Way to have good neurons. Um, Good job, brain. But but that's that's the way that some of a lot of our listeners need to think about their protection. Right. But they also mm. have to think about the fact that they're they're a supply chain. They're delivering services. Yeah. They have information on their customers. If if I'm a hacker and I am uh, and I'm working with another hacker Dwayne, and we're going after someone, you can bet if we know they're a member of a club, we have no compunction about going after the club. We might have laws against it, not do it because we're legal hackers, but but bad guy hackers, they're definitely going to do that. And so you don't want to be the weakest link. Yeah, and we've we've definitely seen where some of the the penetration tests we've done um, on clubs, where one of the things we can do is pull all the information about the members, and like I know when when you know Mrs. So and So is going to be in the spa, and I know her kids' names, and I know, and it's like this is super sensitive information that you know either A should get be get they should get rid of if they don't need, or or B definitely needs a stronger you know encryption at rest. Yes. Uh, there's all sorts of things you can do. Where, where is it in backups? So are your backups mm-hmm. encrypted? Are your backups offline? And where are they? Are they in a store, a warehouse that's unguarded? Do you have backups? Do you have backups? Do you have Great start. You jump forward. Well, yeah. and, and the questions you'd, if you, if you go through this process of asking yourself these questions, you can also go and ask these questions um, of your vendors. So, for example, the question is like, if if one of your members came up and said, "Well, what? How are your backups work? And in my is my data exposed in your backups? Unencrypted? Is it encrypted at rest? If you had a real technical member, they might torture you with these questions. Mm. It's better to have those answers ahead of time, yeah. and then you can use those same questions to talk to your vendors or torture your vendors, whichever the case may be. <laughs> um, you know, how are you? How are you storing data? What what's the the safety of it? Is it hosted here? Is it hosted in the web? Is it outside the country? That's not as big of a, of a problem for American companies because Google, Microsoft, all the big cloud vendors are here. Are here. Amazon. Yeah, they're all right here. But if you're in Switzerland and you don't want your data in um, you know, an Eastern Bloc country, that's a big deal because the data center may not be in, in country. Um, or there might be one in country that's more expensive. And so the vendor decides to go wherever because it's cheap for them. All data centers in Russia. That's those are the cheapest ones I hear. Yeah, I think they're empty right now. Uh, <laughs> really weird. <laughs> Russia's so, getting uh, roasted on this podcast I know, today. I know. <laughs> Not just on this podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. You know we've alienated all the Russian clubs. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm not, Russia. I'm not, go, I'm not going to Russia right now. So. Um, but let's let's pick on China instead. Uh, oh, I almost got a spit take. Almost. Um, We're having way too much fun here. But but you want to ask those questions and you want to be ready for when they're asked of you. Where's your data? How are you keeping it? How you how is it accessible? Who can access it? Um, How long do you keep it? If someone if I'm a, a club member and I leave, how long do you keep that data? If I'm your customer, my club is your customer. How long are you going to keep my data? Yeah. Well, if they can't answer that, that means they don't, they really don't know. They, they your data might live on for years. They might have a forever, like once a year, they might take a backup and put it in a closet that's unguarded. 
Uh, we've had engineers. One of one of the hobbies that our engineers have, and they're disturbed people. I admit it. Um, oh, you're going to develop the, the hobbies. They'll, they'll oh, go no. a secondhand. They'll go to a secondhand store and they'll buy an old old drives and they'll see what's on it. They'll oh, see that what sounds like some stuff it. I would do. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're just some forensics. <laughs> And and then they make sure, and then we learn that lesson and make sure that anything we get rid of is either shredded. There's actually a yeah. vendor we use that shreds drives. Do you have a do you have a drive shredder in in your pocket? You know, it's that level. You're never done. There's always more levels. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, you just have to think about the fact that you're you're part of the the uh, the supply chain sandwich from the member all the way up to the person who sells you your steak knives. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to write a, a blog post on the supply chain sandwich. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yep. How many metaphors can we use? Right. In, all of them. in there. All of them. It's a veritable chain of metaphors, if you will. Life is, is a highway. It is. <laughs> <laughs> great. So oh, our final okay. question, you know, great conversation here. And, and obviously this is so multifaceted, both um, for the club's role as a consumer of data and owner of data and, you know, but what else should club management professionals be doing at this stage to protect their clubs? Ooh, that's what a good else? question. Yeah. Uh, so the, honestly, the first thing they should start doing is have a standardized list of questions that they ask every vendor um, that if you're paying them at the club and they're not employees, they're a vendor. Um, and you should ask them these questions. What are you doing with my data? And and I believe we, we've done a podcast or a, a webinar for the CMAA on this, where we actually went through the 10 top questions you should ask each and every one of your vendors. Do it, have that printed out and say, hey, listen, for you to be a vendor here, I want you to tell me what you're doing with these things. Um, and that may even be, you know, it's some simple things. Um, we were just talking about things like MSPs, like, okay, let's say, God forbid, we get ransomware. Like how quickly are you gonna bring us back up and online? Um, that's, you know, the, the recovery time. You should know these things. It shouldn't be like, oh yeah, they, it, I think they've got us covered, right? Is it guaranteed? What's, yeah. the, what's, the, what's the minute of the mind? Uh, they should also, they're doing cyber insurance. We know this from experience. Go every year, every time you apply for cyber insurance, try to click one less no on the mm. answers. Yep. Because, <laughs> yep. the, and I'm talking about the section where they say, do you have a data destruction policy? Do you have a this policy? Do you have do you a that multi-factor authentication? Do you have exactly. an extra yeah. company review your security? Like it's every, always no, 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 no. Every <laughs> year, try to have fewer yeah. no's and build those policies. They're painful. They're they're horribly painful. Mm -hmm. But there's examples on the internet. Vendors like us can help people like develop those policies and know what to say and how to do it and how to actually do it and then follow them because they're asking those questions because they're trying to evaluate your risk. And, and they're good questions. Data destruction policies is the first one. And that's the key, honestly. It's funny. It's funny how many people I talk to and they go, yeah, I just checked no on all of those and they still gave me my policy, so I should be okay, right? And I'm like, <laughs> the problem is the moment you call them up and they're say- They're gonna be like, well. Help. Yeah, they're like, yeah, you remember all those no's you checked? Yeah, have a nice yeah. day. They're happy Bye. to take your money. They're not happy to pay you back if-, if well, or. Or when you eventually go to renew, they'll say no because you you mm -hmm. obviously not learned any lessons. I and would it could be argued. Yeah, it could no, be no, argued that you're not fiduciary responsible. You, that that's sure. negligence. The fact that you yeah. were asked these questions. 
Yeah, it's well, I mean, it's almost willful negligence at that point because it's been brought to your attention that like, oh, these are things you should have and you are choosing not to do them. Okay. <laughs> so sorry, <laughs> not sorry. Um, to that point, you know, talking about having these policies in place and, and trying to add, you know, like one less no every year. Um, with the just the dynamic nature of technology and security and these things are changing all the time and the bad guys are always coming up with new ways to like or the good guys who are testing things and not actually bad Dwayne um (laughs) you're always finding new ways to to get in and I mean that's great because it's helping us figure out what our vulnerabilities are but in that sense then how frequently should folks be thinking about updating those those policies um to keep their own data protected so I find that quarterly introspection of what you're doing is is useful and annual like a challenging of assumptions mm-hmm. is necessary because the world chat GPT didn't really have an ex, uh, a surface area this uh, a year ago, but next year it's gonna. Yeah, for sure. And uh, things like, you know, deep fakes in voice and video are just at the beginning but people still haven't grappled with understanding what AI means it just Mm -hmm. in general. And so before we get to, uh, you know, the really scary stuff of videos of you (laughs) declaring war on a a, a superpower, um, we should understand those things. (laughs) No, he said superpower superpower anymore. I mean, I don't know. It really depends on who you ask. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's another podcast. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Four or five. Uh, so it, it's important for, you know, you to keep up. And and so, you know, you either have to listen to a podcast called Security This Week with, where somebody will break it down with you. So Shameless weird. there's one out there just like ready. Shameless plug. Really um, or, or you have to invest the time yourself. You know, if, if you want to, if you're interested in this stuff, then by all means, it's, I find it super interesting. So does Dwayne. Other people, it's like actuary tables. And um, some people find actuarial tables very interesting, sure. too. They're called actuaries. Right. <laughs> None of us are those people. It, it uh, takes no. all kinds. It takes all it kinds. It does. It does. Special people. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Did well, we do enough damage? I think so. I, know, I was right? just going to say, I think I don't have any other uh, questions that have percolated in my brain as we've gone along. We've covered a lot of ground today, and I think this is a really great um kind of first foray into talking about the vulnerabilities that clubs face when it comes to thinking about supply chain. Um, I hope that this conversation is will be helpful to our listeners, and I'm certain that it will be, just knowing that this is now something that they're more cognizant of, um, just the fact that it's been brought up to, to us as <laughs> challenges um, that folks are facing. So, uh, you know, I just really, once again, want to thank both of you for spending some time with us, making us laugh <laughs> and, uh, sharing your expertise as always. It's, it's super useful, um, for our listeners, as we've mentioned a couple times, you know, Dwayne and Patrick have their podcast security this week, and we definitely recommend that you tune into that. Um, if you are looking for a little bit more information on all things cybersecurity, uh, that is where we would point you in any case, because it certainly wouldn't be from Melissa or I. We took our online like course that said we know how we to not get pass. fish. Nice. And we passed. Passed. All right. got all my well, certificates. Okay. I know how to not get fished. Maybe. Can we try? <laughs> sure. Can we try? Please don't, because I'll probably mess it up. 
If I, my rule of thumb just generally is like, if I don't recognize who this is from, I'm deleting it. Bye. <laughs> Absolutely. Funny. I've I've actually seen that in corporate programs where they're like, oh, if you click on a fish, you, you know, you get in trouble and all that good stuff. And and some people take the opt of, you know what? I'm gonna take all of the email in my inbox and I'm sending it and saying it's all phishing. And if somebody <laughs> comes back, then it probably isn't. I'm like, that's probably not good either. Probably, yeah. I just <laughs> operate with fishing. my millennial, like I hate the phone mentality. So if I don't know the number, yes. I don't pick up and it's the same for right? my email. If I, go, I don't recognize that, I'm like not it. dealing with it. Right. See ya. Right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, thank you both so very much. Um, and we are obviously look forward to the next time we get to connect with you because it's always such a pleasure. Um, and I feel simultaneously smarter and dumber after we finish these conversations. So <laughs> thank you. Know, you. Well, you're welcome. And we're sorry. Yeah. Right. Mission accomplished. You know, <laughs> anytime. <laughs> anytime. All right. Well, that was illuminating. I think that was an illuminating conversation. I learned, I, I so, learned much. so much. Yeah. There, I think there's so many facets to consider and, you know, we, we talk about cybersecurity, you know, we've done this on the podcast before, but there's so many elements that mm-hmm. clubs and our members need to be thinking about. So it's, I'm just so glad we have uh, resources like Patrick and Dwayne to, to, to reach out to, to kind of get, you know, the insider perspective um, on how to handle these kinds of issues and how to think forward. Absolutely. I think the thing that I was not necessarily the most surprised by, the, but that um, really made me think about something differently, it changed my perspective, was uh, the idea that like a supply chain attack could be something as simple as somebody taking advantage of um, perhaps any technology or lack of technology that you use to protect your, your property space right like right. somebody getting in who shouldn't be able to physically get in your building or in on your property um i didn't always necessarily think of that as a supply chain attack because in my head supply chains were like oh it's where you get all of your products for your you know restaurant or your business right. whatever um but that also counts and i think they did a great job of explaining all of those like more nuanced ways to think about what a supply chain actually is and how um multifaceted the security around those spaces should be absolutely so you know coming up we have one of our most fabulous events of the year which is our leadership and legislative conference that's coming up in September the 11th through the 13th at in beautiful San Antonio, Texas. I know I've talked about the Riverwalk before, uh, but we just announced our two featured speakers, and I just wanted to take a a moment to share with our listeners about these folks. First up for our leadership address, we have an amazing expert in Sarah McVaniel. I'm going to mispronounce her name. She is a recognition expert, and she's going to talk all about supergluing your culture through meaningful connection and abundant appreciation. Um, she is amazing when it comes to talking about recognition. And I think we can all agree that, you know, most people just want to be seen and recognized for their efforts. And so how do you take that um, to raise trust and boost satisfaction and deepen that sense of belonging um, for your team, um, whether that's your uh, club team or whether that's your chapter, you know, how do you, uh, how do you take advantage of that? So we're really excited to hear from her. If you head to our LLC webpage, um, you can find a cool video from Sarah uh, introducing her session. Uh, You'll find that under the meetings and events tabs uh, 
on our website. As well, we're going to get an answer to that question. Is it going to be a recession or resilience ahead for the economy? So we are thrilled to have um, RSM's chief economist, Joe Brucellis, uh, to give us an economic update and address that question. You know, are we going to have a recession or is it going to be a soft landing? I think that's a question that is on the minds for many of our members. Joe Brucellis is amazing. Um, if you're not familiar, he's a member of the Wall Street Journal's forecasting panel. He regularly briefs members of Congress and uh, and he's located right in Texas. So um, he's excited to join us. So we are thrilled to have such an amazing slate of folks. Um, to join us. So our registration deadlines are coming up in August. So do not forget, don't, uh, I know it's hard to take a break from everything that's going on and how busy everybody is uh, to take time to register, but please check that out. And also for all of our chapter leaders listening, don't forget about the chapter idea fair where you can share your innovative ideas across multiple categories. Um, that is just like a regular idea fair. You just have to submit those ideas um, and boards digitally by August 23rd. So we are thrilled and cannot wait to share all of that with you guys in Texas in September. Oh, so exciting. I mean, I think you guys have a pretty great slate of education lined up. Um, as always, LLC isn't one you want to miss. If you have the opportunity to go, you should go um, 100%. <clears throat> one more quick little update announcement reminder I want to make before we sign off on this episode is that renewals are going to be on the way soon. If you have not received yours yet, by the time you're listening to this, you will hopefully be receiving it very shortly. <laughs> um, but you should be receiving that 2024 membership renewal notice in the mail. You will get a physical printed copy of your invoice in the mail. Um, you should make sure that you make that payment by October 31st. And if you pay early, even better because then you won't get any annoying emails and additional notices from us. When I say us, I literally mean me and Melissa because we're the ones sending those emails. So if you don't want us to nag you, get those dues paid on time. Um, make sure that when you do get that invoice, just double check all of the information that we have for you listed there, um, whether that's your personal information, your club information, or your chapter information. If there have been any updates to that, uh, you can make those changes easily yourself if you just log into your profile on cma.org um, and change your information. Very simple, very easy. You can also access that renewal invoice in your online profile as well. Um, once you've received it in the mail, it will definitely be there for you. So if you want to make that payment quick and easy online, um, we've made it very simple for you. Absolutely. And it's a great opportunity to support the Club Foundation as well and pay it forward. So through the club, through your invoice, you can directly donate to the Club Foundation and help uh, uh, pay it forward to all of the individuals in our industry who rely on the Club Foundation for scholarships and grants. Um, we just announced our congratulations to our 10 newest Joe Purdue mm -hmm. scholars, uh, which are our students in the industry, as well as our student grants program, So, which makes it possible for those folks to network and get the education at the World Conference. So great opportunity to take advantage of that dues checkoff, whether you're renewing online or via your printed renewal. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that covers everything for us for this episode. Um, we will be coming to you again in the next couple of weeks with a few more. We're very busy um, and we're 
closing in on that 100th podcast episode, which we're very excited about. So stay tuned over the next month or so, so that you can not miss anything that's coming from us. Um, But until the next one, I'm Kyle. That's Melissa. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Club Management, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Take care, friends. Be well. Let's Talk Club Management podcast is a podcast of the Club Management Association of America. Since 1927, CMAA has been the largest professional association for managers of membership clubs throughout the U.S. and internationally. The objectives of the association are to promote relationships between club management professionals and other similar professions, to encourage the education and advancement of members, and to provide the resources needed for efficient and successful club operations. Under the covenants of professionalism, education, leadership, and community, CMAA continues to extend its reach as the leader in the club management practice. CMAA is headquartered in Alexandria, Virginia, with more than 40 professional chapters and more than 40 student chapters and colonies. Please learn more at www.cmaa.org.